Hi, everybody, and welcome to Fifth Down. I am your co-host, Tristan Devlin, and joining me is my... Did I say I am your co-host, Tristan? You did. You said you're the co-host. <laughs> Start See, it's official. <laughs> Guys, we've been arguing about this back and forth. She says she's the host. I say you can't be the host. There is a second person hosting, so therefore... <laughs> You're a co-host, and see, it's it's a Freudian slip, and now we both know, and the entire world knows that you are now a co-host. It doesn't even sound good, though, but here we are. Here we are. Co-host to co-host. That's right. With fifth down, and uh, let's give everybody a little background behind that title here. I'm sure it's probably pretty self-explanatory for most people, football reference. Yeah, yeah well, football reference, you know, you get four downs to get a first down, touchdown field goal but uh, in this case the fifth down is kind of what happens after the lights turn off and when you have to go find something new Um, for a lot of the guys that I know including myself it was all that we had done for 20 years Uh, you know we were used to that the the life of football and sports and then one day it all goes away and and what kind of happens next Ooh, well put I like that so exactly what happens next and kind of any walk of life, though, not just football. But I know that we want to get to your your story. And like you said, when the lights went off on the football field, they went on elsewhere, which we'll get to that. But I know that the point here is to, to talk to all different people from all different walks of life and hear about their fifth down. And I hope we get the opportunity to learn a lot, talk to many different people, and, you know, learn, educate some people along the way. Yeah, yeah, it's... Like you said, it's uh, it's not just about football. It's about all different walks of life. And what I found is that no matter what sport a person was playing or what they were doing, it's that transition point that's really, really difficult. And it's it's just the newness of the situation and the uncertainties surrounding it. And uh, you know, it's it's a it's a difficult time for a lot of folks. Absolutely. So, do you want to get into it into your fifth down? Let's go. All right. So why don't we give everybody a little bit of your background? And uh, why don't you take us from, when should we take, when should we start? High school? Sure, sure, yeah. So I was, I guess what you would call highly recruited. I wasn't, you know, the number one recruit in the nation by any means. Um, but I had a good amount of offers coming out of high school and was committed to Miami at one point. And then uh, some of the coaching staff got let go. And I ended up committing to Penn State. And uh, love my time at Penn State. Uh, still have a lot of great friends that I talked to from that time. Um, but I ended up losing out a, a QB battle with Daryl Clark uh, going into my third year there at Penn State. And my take on it was I really wanted to get some film out there and I didn't want to have to depend on my fifth year. You know, if you had been sitting around, I mean, not that you're sitting around, right? You're practicing, you're working hard, but you're not getting those game reps until your senior year. That's. Uh, you know, you just you, you could be rusty the first half of the year, right? There's all these unknowns, and and beyond that, I just I wanted to be out there. I wanted to feel that that competition, um, game time type competition. Um, so I was lucky enough to have one of the the legends at at Downingtown High School. He was coaching at Delaware at the time, and he reached out to me, and uh, you know we started the conversation about maybe transferring, and and that's what I ended up doing. Um, so three years at Penn State, two at Delaware. Um, senior year ended up going to the national championship game, so that got me some good exposure, and then uh, headed off to hopefully go to the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I was—I uh, don't know if it was fortunate or unfortunate, but I came out during the 
uh, lockout year. And so there was the draft, the first couple rounds of the draft. Um, but after that, everything shut down. So the first couple rounds went, I forget, it was like something ridiculous, like 12 quarterbacks went off the board. And I kind of got the feeling right then and there that I'm probably not going to get drafted, right? Some of the teams that I had talked to had taken, you know, high, high draft picks at quarterback. Um, and I, I just really got the feeling that I wasn't going to be drafted. And, and sure enough, when the lockout ended, um, you know, wasn't drafted. Um, and then uh, when the lockout ended, um, I actually had a, fielded a couple calls from a couple different teams and ended up with the Dolphins. Thank goodness um, you did. Yeah, yep, thank goodness. <laughs> and I was lucky enough to stick there. I mean, I, I don't know how it happened. Um, you know, I, I didn't get a ton of reps. You know, in college, you're kind of used to getting a lot of reps. There's a lot more players. But in, when you play pro, you know, there's, I think there's 90 guys to start out with, but they make cuts pretty significantly early. And then so by the time you actually get game reps in the, in the fourth preseason game, um, you know, you, you just haven't taken a ton of reps in practice even. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I wasn't really sure what to expect, but I was lucky enough to hang on that first year and was in a really good quarterback room that first year and, and really every year. Um, and, you know, I was lucky enough to, to hang on in Miami for almost four years. At the beginning of my fourth year, I hurt my oblique, tried to come back from that probably a little bit too early, tore my hamstring. And at that point, you know, if you're a backup quarterback and, and you can't play in the preseason. Um, can't make you know, the club good, from the tub. That's right. What good are you? So, um, you know, had a great time in Miami. Once I kind of recovered from those, you know, those minor, you know, soft tissue injuries, um, got picked up by Minnesota in the second half of uh, my fourth year. And then at the end of the season, released by them, didn't even come back for camp and got picked up by um, Chicago. So I was at Chicago for a summer and then finished out my, my last season with the Browns. Um, kind of off and on, I was there in the beginning of the year in the preseason, and then I finished the, the final game with them. Mm-hmm. What's that like for you once you start, I hate to use the term, but bounce around? You know, you, mm-hmm. you're not really, like you said before, you were lucky enough to stick with the Dolphins. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. There's a reason why you stuck. They obviously liked you enough and good enough, to use that term. But um, once you start bouncing around, what's the mindset there? I was in Miami for almost four seasons, but I was probably only there for three years because of the lockout year, mm-hmm. as well as I didn't—I wasn't there for my entire fourth year. I just I left during the preseason, mm-hmm. so it, it was interesting. I never really unpacked my bags in Miami, right? So to me, to, to bounce around, it was kind of—it was no different to me, right? I didn't have a home in South Florida when I played in Miami. Um, I lived in an apartment, um, you know, I, I lived in an apartment offshore for a little while in inland, um, <laughs> but then I, I did have a place out by uh, the ocean in Fort Lauderdale a little bit later, but really that was, you know, that was only a couple months that I leased that place. So for me, I was almost always living out of a suitcase. So to bounce around from place to place wasn't a big deal for me. And it was from a, for a football junkie, it was cool because, um, you know, when you were working out with a bunch of these teams, you would maybe talk a little football. And so that was that was fun to be able to do that. And then it was especially fun when you got picked up by someone else mm-hmm. because you'd learn an entire new offense. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things would be similar, the things being the plays. Um, but the terminology would be 
you know, completely different. So it was learning a new language wherever you went. But you basically learned that everyone did something very, very similar. And it was the small differences that sometimes made a huge difference in, in games. Um, and maybe the way that it's coached um, at one place versus the other makes it makes a big difference in how successful, you know, certain um, certain route combinations mm-hmm. or certain concepts are. When you would get picked up by each different team that you did, do you think that you did it knowing that they had in mind that you fit their offense well? Because I know that that's a big part of it, the type of player you are and how you fit within whatever type of offense they run. Uh, just going back to what I what I said about everything being very similar, mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't necessarily think that they had to worry too much about the fit, right? They had they had some film on me, right? They saw me in the preseason. I, I never even took a snap in in regular season game, mm-hmm. um, but for the preseason, you know, you're still running all the same concepts. You're maybe not putting as much motion on it or using as many formations as you do during the season, but you're still running an NFL offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of teams run this, run a similar thing. So they all know you can do it um, once you get a little bit of film out there. For what I felt like um, really made the biggest difference was trust. Like you'll, you'll see a backup quarterback that will stay in the league because his quarterback coach or his offensive coordinator, you know, stays around and maybe they bounce around the league a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And that's because you're dependable right and the coach knows you're dependable Mm -hmm. and there's not uh any worry that you're bringing in this guy that you don't have a relationship with you know you don't know you don't know with 100 percent certainty what he's going to do Mm -hmm. just because you haven't lived it and and maybe getting a guy who's eh, he's a little bit better (laughs) but he's you don't know like they're just unknowns about Mm -hmm. him versus a guy that maybe he's not as good but he can still get the job done and i know i can depend on him Mm -hmm. Usually coaches will take the guy, hey, I've been with him, I depend. I can depend on him, and I know what I'm going to get out of him. Right? I think it's the unknown that scares scares uh, coaches a lot of the time. Sure. Um, and, and that's just a feeling that I get, not, not based on any hard evidence. Well, this could lead you to your Dan Campbell story with somebody who knows you because when you were done playing. Yep. Yeah, so when I, when I finished playing, uh, kind of like my last opportunity with was with a guy that I, I respect the heck out of, Dan Campbell. Um, he was a interim head coach for the Dolphins yep. before he moved on to the Saints. And when he got to the Saints, I think he gave me a call, and you know he said, "Hey Pat, you know we you know I know what you can do. I'd love to have you you know come work out for the Saints." Um, and I hadn't worked out for a couple months, and I hadn't thrown the ball, and I just I just was like. You know, I had hurt my back when I was with the Vikings, and I was just like, you know, Coach, I'm, I haven't been working out, haven't been throwing. It wouldn't be fair to you, mm-hmm. and you know, you're good, you're a good name for me to go down there and 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 put on the type of show that I know I would have. So, um, yeah, turn that one down, um, and and do not regret that one. <laughs> so when you finished up your time with the Browns, did you know, basically, you were done? Yeah, so I was with the Browns in the preseason and then didn't get picked up at all during the season um, and just played that last game with the Browns. So during the, all that time off, um, you know, kind of being off that almost that entire year, right? I was kind of with the with Chicago for a summer, but really didn't get a full preseason, just got partial preseason with the Browns. Um, you know, I, I kind of thought that things were winding down, so I decided to 
uh, I can't remember if I did or if, if he reached out to me, but the, the guy who used to run football ops at Delaware reached back out and said, you know, you can come back to school and, and get your MBA. And I had already started my master's degree when I was playing after my undergrad at, at Delaware. Um, and so uh, I kind of knew I was going the MBA route. Um, I knew it would only take me about a year to get it complete. And I like school because yeah. I don't know. Because you like school. I'm a nerd. Yeah. I'm yeah. not. I mean, school's all right. I enjoyed it, right? I, I sat in there in their, uh, I think they call it their trading lab, um, and just sat on a Bloomberg terminal and kind of figured out, you know, how how uh, how folks make money, how, how they lose mm-hmm. money, and did a little bit of both. So it was fun. Call it lucky or I mean, whatever you want. But for you, I feel like, I know I've said this to you before, I think it's awesome that you found something that you enjoy outside of football that you kind of sort of knew moving forward you wanted to do. And um, you decided to move forward with that. Because, I mean, I know that we have friends and maybe people we know who, once they're done with football, I think kind of feel lost right? And don't know what to do or where to go or how to move forward with just, I don't want to say real life because playing football is real and it's somebody's real life, but maybe something that's, sorry. A more normal. There you go. A more normal. What the other 99.9% of the population. Thank you. Yes. They're like a more normal way of life. So I, I mean, to your credit, I think it probably helped with your transition and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it helped with your transition out of football, knowing that you enjoyed doing something else, or was it still just as hard? I think it gave me something to put my energy towards, Mm -hmm. right? There's nothing worse than, you know, you're so focused on keeping your body in tip-top shape, um, and then you have that kind of that, for me at least, it was good to have that competitive outlet, like I needed that competitive outlet. Mm -hmm. To that point, like I remember we we used to I used to come back to, to Pennsylvania and and we would have this softball tournament at the end of the summer right before camp started. And it was like the most heightened point of my competitive juices were flowing. Right? And it's like this charity, the slow pitch softball. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I'm just I mean, I'm all over the field. I'm playing outfield. I'm trying to throw people out from the fence, like you know, and it's beast moding it, it out there. Yeah. yeah beast mode out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, when you lose that competitive outlet, um, you know, you can still work out and do all that, all that other kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, to to kind of have another outlet to, to get your energy going towards, I think that was really, really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, it's it's tough to find that that thing. Yeah. Right. And and um, I, I definitely was very lucky too. In such a short period of time. So do you want to explain, really short period of time, do you want to explain mm-hmm. what that thing is that you found? We're, uh, right now, we're, I'm an advisor for highly successful people. Um, and we like to say that our clients are three things. They're highly successful financially, they love their family, and they love to help the communities that they live, work, and play in. And and that's really the, the folks that we work with and, and we feel that we can provide the most value to. And uh, financial advisor or client advisor, in, in my case, is, is the easy title. Um, but what we do is so much more than just a pure asset management. Um, there's just so many different areas of life that we add value um, with our clients. And it's, it's really been eye-opening to me, right? 
So seeing you even talk about that, I know people can't She's see sleeping. your face. <laughs> no, no, She's no. sleeping. You were speaking another language there for a, a brief moment. However, watching your face when you talk about what you do now, you could tell that you're excited about it and you kind of light up. And I think that that's really cool to see because it shows that you found something that you are definitely passionate about. Well, there's nothing better than walking out of one of these meetings. Mm-hmm. I guess, and feeling like you've made a difference, right? And there's a moment in a lot of these meetings when you kind of see like some of the worry lift off of folks' shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's great because they didn't have a roadmap before and now they have a roadmap, right? Mm-hmm. And and while it's not perfect, it's better than just sticking your finger up in the air, right? And and, and so- You mean like what I do now? <laughs> so um, yeah, the the best part of the job is, is making a difference for, for sure. So then let's- go back to the transition from football to the more normal, um, what did we call it? The new normal, your new normal. Um, mentally, did you go through anything there? Did you struggle? Did you? Yeah, there, yeah, absolutely. Um, just to the, to the point of the competitive outlet, right? There were, it was tough, right? Cause my body kind of failed me. I didn't necessarily keep up working out like I had been working out, right? I think at one point I was doing like yoga in the morning and a strength, you know, weight lifting in, in the afternoon, you know, four days a week, yoga seven days a week. Um, and, and so when you kind of like stop, what I found is that my body felt great for like the first month, maybe two months. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, my body kind of started to hurt, right? And I, I didn't think much about it, right? But then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I haven't worked out in two months. Like, should my body be feeling good? But really staying active kind of keeps you keeps you feeling good right mm-hmm. so that's what i kind of found with my body i've you know i have no idea if that's how it works in general but that's you know that's kind of how how it, how it has worked for me so from a physical standpoint not having the structure to say your only job is to keep your body in shape right i, I didn't have that anymore right they don't care if you're a financial analyst you can sit in a chair all day long and never mm-hmm. work out right and, and they don't care so without that structure i kind of stopped working out and and that wasn't the greatest thing um, and so that, that kind of builds in like, you have this stress of, um, you know, not knowing what the next step is and that's kind of on the mental side, but I think the physical is tied to the mental. Sure. Um, and, and so all the stuff that's going on mentally, um, you know, it's, what am I going to do? Am I going to like it? Am I going to waste years of my life figuring out that I don't like something? <laughs> right and 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 there's a lot of um i mean i i wouldn't say i did that too much i was more i'm more the type of person who just wants to do something yeah you are you know and then mm-hmm. if i don't like it i'm okay saying nah, let's not go, for me <laughs> yeah let's go do something else <laughs> and i'm and i'm i'm one of the fortunate ones who can actually do that right i'm i'm blessed enough to to have the ability financially um to to be able to do that so i'm i'm definitely acknowledge that I'm one of the lucky ones in that arena but a lot of the guys that come um you know from from the pro ranks they do have that capability but it's just still it's so hard because you you think you'll like something you pour your heart and soul into it and then you get to the finish line you go god this is awful (laughs) Mm -hmm. right I don't like this at all yeah and uh you know maybe it's like I know a lot of guys maybe they'll they'll get a franchise right and they'll and they'll you know, they'll do the franchise thing for yeah, a little while yeah. mm-hmm. and then it'll be like, it'll just wear off. And, and the high of, 
you know, this cool new business yeah. will kind of wear off. Or maybe it's flipping homes. And they, Which I know, think still sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, but, you know, some, some folks may say, you know, I, I'm, I'm the one who needs to put in a little sweat equity. Um, and, you know, they'll start redoing it. And then they're like, I'm not good at it or <laughs> I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Or they, they have the money to say, um, I'm going to pay someone to do everything. But dealing with the headaches of contractors... Oh yeah. You know, it, it just gets to the point where they're like, I'm not making, you know, it's, it's not worth the headache to, to go through all this trouble. I'm over here just shaking my head. Yes. Knowing that, that we did a lot of work on our house and luckily we didn't have to deal with too many contractors. And then also just having family members who like my family out in Texas, who just that's what they do. They yep. do. It's, it's a headache after headache. So yeah, to your point, hand it off to somebody else. Yep. Yep. So, but it's just, it's tough, right? It's, it's, you have been so singularly focused on, I'm a football player or whatever the sport may be, but I'm a, I'm a, you know, X, Y, Z. And, um, all of a sudden that shuts off Mm -hmm. and you would think that it'd be simple to kind of like turn and, and do something else, but it's, it's really not. It's just, you know, the, Finding what to do next is it's just such a tough, daunting task. Um, you know, I think sometimes you can get paralyzed by the amount of options, right? You probably have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. You might not like all of them. They might not all pay very well, right? But that's okay. Um, you know, just trying to find something that you enjoy, I think, is good enough. And then, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of folks can can find a way to make money in, in something that they enjoy. Yeah. So you said you it sounds like it might be simple to find something else. But to me, that's why I'm so interested in hearing from you and everybody else about it, because I feel like especially for people like professional athletes who your entire life, since you were probably, I don't know, five years old, you're you're kind of groomed to become the best at whatever sport you're practicing and you train and you're relentless about it and your pursuit of success and just trying to achieve the highest level in your sport as possible. So, I mean, think about how old were you when you were, I'll use the term, you know, done playing football. I think I was 28. So think about how many years of your life, right? That is pursuing this dream of yours. And you got a lot further than a lot of people get. But then to get to where you got, which is, incredible and then have to decide from there what what now what next yeah but if you think about it and and it's a pretty normal trajectory yeah right it it was 20 years right i think i started playing football when i was eight Mm -hmm. and so if i ended when i was 28 it was 20 years right so you go to school until you're 22 by the time you're 42 you kind of usually are like getting close to being really good at your profession. Yep. Or at the top of You're at the top, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, let's say mid, mid to late forties, early fifties. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's thirty years instead. Yeah. Um it's kinda it's kind of the normal trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. And and if you're a baseball player, that's even more normal, right? Because you usually you play for a, a little longer. bit longer, right? Mm-hmm. Football and football's a little bit different because it's a little bit shorter of a of a career. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, it, i I you know, I think from the fit down perspective, you know, you can even talk to folks who are, you know, mid fifties and, and they've worked in a, in a, in a job for 30 years and, and now they have to go, you know, something happens, COVID happens. 
COVID happens. Right. And, and they have to go find something new, right? There are so many businesses that are going to be affected by this. I know. Um, that, I, that I think there'll be a lot of changes coming from it for a lot of folks. Yeah, I don't think that there's an age or a limit or a number to put on when people have to or want to start over, try something new or different. And then, you know, the struggle of figuring out what that new thing is that they're just as passionate about or maybe can grow to be just as passionate about, like you said previously, through trial and error and then move forward with that. So I'm excited to talk to all different people about that and see how they moved on and started over what they're doing now, what they did and maybe how they tapped into to finding something that they're passionate about. Me too. Me too. I think we'll have a lot of great stories. No, I don't think I know we will. Okay. Well, I enjoy hearing your stories, even though I, I pretty much know it. That's right. You hear it all the time. <laughs> I do. And I hope everybody else enjoyed it. I'm so, sure they will. All one person of them. Don't. Hey, don't ever sell yourself short. At least our family's going to listen. Right. Too. <laughs> mom and dad. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Uh, anyway, well, thank you all for tuning in to our very first episode of Fifth Down. I'm very excited to, uh, again, talk to a bunch of different people learn, grow, and I hope everybody stays on this journey with us. Thanks, everyone. All right. We'll talk to you soon.